Glory to God in the highest and peace to his people on earth. Lord God, Heavenly King, Almighty God and Father, we worship you, we give you thanks, we praise you for your glory. Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, Lord God, Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. Have mercy on us. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Receive our prayer. For you alone are the Holy One. You alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. Now, your test of Anglicanism is what prayer is that? Does anyone know? The 845ers know because we say it every week. Um, it's known as the Gloria. Isn't that a wonderful prayer of exaltation of the glory of God? But we don't say it in Lent. Well, I do because I'm a rebel. Um, but we don't say it in Lent. So I was just looking up earlier why that is. We, um, the Church of England is a Reformed Catholic Church, so it's, uh, it comes from a Roman Catholic practice, and that is to treat Lent as a time of exile and thinking about what it was like for the Israelites to be in exile. Now, they had been punished, of course, for their continued rebellion against God. They'd had lots of warnings from the prophets and uh, through the Babylon, the Assyrians first, and then through the Babylonians, both Israel and Judah were taken away. And of course, uh, Jerusalem was destroyed by the Babylonians, and they lived in exile. Um, and it's kind of a, a looking at Psalm 137, which you may well know um, for Boney M, if nothing else. Um, sorry, maybe that show my age, sorry. <coughs> By the rivers of Babylon we sat and wept when we remembered Zion. There on the poplars we hung our harps, for there our captors asked us for songs. Our tormentors demanded songs of joy and said, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How can we sing the songs of the Lord while in a foreign land? So that that psalm is the reason for this idea of, of treating Lent as if you're in, we're in exile and we're separated from God and the, and the ability to worship him in the way in which they were used, because, which was based in the temple in Jerusalem. But that psalm goes on. If I forget you, O Jerusalem, may my right hand forget its skill. May my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth if I do not remember you, if I do not consider Jerusalem my highest joy. Now, if you know the psalm, it goes on and says something else. We won't dwell on that at the moment. But it, it doesn't, the psalm doesn't leave us in that place of feeling desolately exiled from God because the people remembered that how great God was, the one he, they had turned their backs on and how wonderful he was. And of course they had to return to him to then be returned at the end of the exile. So your Nehemiahs and Ezra's and Daniel's 
were all remembering the one that had not changed. The glorious God that had not changed. So I think we should say the Gloria in Lent. Because if we just look at ourselves and wait until Easter to look to God, then we're going to try and sort it out ourselves. Whereas he hasn't changed. He is still worthy of all this praise that we can give him. Now, the, 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 uh, the word before the service, um, which was given, is, um, is this. It's a picture of a spotlight which turned red, and then a hand came out of it. And the interpretation is that God might be saying that the spotlight is a picture of how um, each of our lives are seen. There's no escaping the light which I shed on the earth. The red spotlight refers to my blood which I shed for you and for reconciliation. And the hand is my hand of fellowship to draw you into my kingdom. I love that phrase. Can you just think of that picture? The hand of God being extended to us to draw us into his kingdom. But note the order. The light, the blood, the blood of Jesus dying on the cross and the fellowship being drawn in. Declare this message for my glory so that my kingdom will grow. And if we look briefly at John, if you have a Bible in front of you and want to search these out, please do. So John chapter 1. Just thinking about that light. John chapter 1, of course, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, etc. But verse 5 says this, The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. It's talking about Jesus' coming. But then it goes on in John 3, which you'll find on page 1066, um, verse 19. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. What a wonderful um, couple of verses for Lent. Don't hide away in the darkness from the things that we know that God knows already about us, but come into the light, receive his light, to then live by his truth. So, what we did at the 8.45, um, in a different context, so apologies for those who were at 8.45 um, and are here now, I think is basically Richard, Liz, and me, um, <laughs> is to go to Revelation 5. And the reason we're going to Revelation 5, in the context of this, we should not be setting aside giving glory to God in Lent. That's the complete opposite, I believe, of what we should be doing. We should be giving glory to God recognizing who he is and asking him for the strength to do what then requires of us. And so Revelation 5 um, is the start of the end of the story. Um, and it's the scroll and the lamb. 
Um, what I ask, I mean, you can do this if you like. You stare at the cross if you can see it, or the cross over there. Or you have these wonderful windows up here, so I won't mind if you're looking elsewhere. Um, you don't need to look at me. There is one there, but I think you get the whole story of, well, most of the story of Jesus from the windows up there, if you can see them. But of course, it ends with the ascension. There's more to come, and that is his coming again. And this is the start of the story of his coming again. Then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. I wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing in the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. He had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He came and took the scroll from the right hand of him who, stood, who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, because you were slain, the blood, the red light. And with your blood you purchased men for God, from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands, and ten thousand times ten thousand. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice they sang, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honour and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them singing, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be praise and honour and glory and power forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. We cannot forget this in Lent. Because this is the hand of fellowship from God being given to us to draw us into the kingdom.
and that hand will draw us into the kingdom that we become more like him. We cannot take that hand without being transformed into his likeness. Glory be to him forever. Amen. Now, whatever any of that means to you at the moment, we normally have a time of ministry where we'll just start, I'll invite the band in a moment, but we'll just start just resting in his presence. And whatever my words or the words of the scriptures might be doing in your heart right now, just offer that back to God. And we say, come Holy Spirit, come minister to your people. Now, for some, that might be a conviction of some form of separation from God, something that we know is in our life that we need to repent of. And we can just say, Lord, I'm sorry, I turn to you, I turn away from this thing. For some, it may be a distance, a sense of distance from God. And we just pray, Lord, show your face to your people. For some it might be a sense of God that has just become really small. And the prayer might be, Lord, give me awe because you are awesome. It may be that we have a sense of the immediate but not of the eternal. I'm not sure I really understand anything beyond this life. Lord, assure us that there is more than this. That you are more than this. And you extend your hand to draw us into more. If any of that or anything else is where you're at today, just offer that up to the Lord. the band to come and move into the next phase. And if any of that has touched you today and you've got something you'd like to pray through or you've received a word from the Lord or whatever, I'll be at the back. Please do come and speak to me.